0: It was a struggle, mate. Um, We had a competition. Whoever uh, caught the biggest fish got twenty bucks, and my son got the twenty. So uh, he caught a zelaya jew, but there wasn't much—not much out there, mate. But it's good quality time. Um, Exactly right, mate. Off off the phones and with my dad and my son, and yeah, we we try to get out there whenever we can. And we're not the best fishermen, actually. We sort of think we scare fish more than catch (laughs) them.
1: Well, mate, it might have made your step. Had a, you might have had that extra spring in your step Sunday morning, uh, because of what we saw there on Saturday at Ranwick and the Light Fingers. I know you spoke with uh, Bulldog and Ray about this on Sunday, and you've spoken in the press about it straight after the race and throughout the day Sunday. But for our audience on this Wednesday, how has she pulled up, and you still just wrapped that you could get that one beside her name in that group race and and moving forward? Hopefully, that she might just turn a corner.
0: Yeah, look, she's pulled up enormous. Um, she, the you know, Sunday morning, I got up at five and was going out to go fishing and went out checked her feet. bin and she licked the feet bowl clean and um, you know she's moved beautifully since. She's a really tough mare, as you see by the fact that she did a, had a big preparation last time, went right through to the, the back end of spring, you know, around a thousand guineas. Uh, when most horses were spelling that she was racing against on the weekend, they were spelling and she was still racing. Um, she's come back after two weeks off, um, a bit of pre-training, straight back to us, and, and we obviously aimed at this race first up and the preparation just went like clockwork. Everything went to plan and uh, she turned up in great order and, and was you know able to have that residual fitness that we needed. I think the learning to fly loomed up to us, had the momentum. I think she fell back on the fact that she's probably fitter than most, in fact, she didn't have much time off and was able to dig back and, and, and fight off the the, uh, the second horse. and, and um, But it was good for her, I, I believe, because if you watch past the line, um, she's actually put about three or four lengths on the rest of them. The rest were gassed out. She's run away from them. So for me, that's a great sign that she's um, she's in really good order and she didn't just bust herself to win um, and she's come through it well. So i imagine that um, the surround states will be seeing horses, you know, going to hold
1: her for Exactly and I guess that's another little test for her with the surround because obviously you'll have um, possibly new, a few other little um, you know fillies uh, in there that, uh, you know, some different form lines coming from all over the place. So what's her main mission? Um, Will we see her get get out and trip? I mean, do you think she can get beyond a mile?
0: Look, every rider that's ridden her so far has just um, come back and said, I can't wait to see this filly at 2,000 metres and um, you know, I, I think I think the binary will be a perfect race for her. Uh, but you know, at this stage, she's just trying to win, trying to win a group one. She's ran two seconds, you know, yeah. in group one uh, level. And and um, if she was to put a G one next to a name, it's just adds so much to her as a broodmare. And her owner, Leo Toe, who's a breeder himself, um, he's got her in the sales at the moment, and the, uh, the broodmare sale in in May. Um, you know, for him. It could mean it could be a massive windfall for him at the sale, or it could mean that he may be thinking twice about retire or selling her, and, and you know, aim at some of these bigger races in, in the spring, including the Golden Eagle, et cetera, which are worth five million of the winner. You know, so there's a lot that we'll learn um, from her next run in this round, no doubt.
1: Yeah, exactly right. So surround will be the next time we see her, and then I guess it'll be wait and see if we do see her in races like the Vinery, etc. Where pre-noms at the moment she's eleven dollars in a Vinery. If you're a, a Kamachi fan, you can have something on that is a pre-noms market. No noms for that race just yet. Obviously, if you do get nominated, uh, you are then you flick over to uh, an all-in situation. But if uh, she's not nominated and you take the eleven, you do get a refund on that particular bet. And then I do see, like, look, you've got to have these noms in, but you threw her in the Queen of the Turf and the Australian Oaks market and whatnot. So, I mean, I guess we just have to wait and see how she goes next start and how she races, and then you'll make the decisions.
0: Exactly. You know, it's this, this, this crazy situation where you're nominating for races three months in advance. It just causes angst amongst your owners, etc. cetera. Um, but, you know, we've got to nominate for all these races because if the preparations can change, as horses come to the prep and get fit. So, um, unfortunately, it's a bit of a minefield for punters. But um, for me, I'd reckon that um, more than likely she goes around the surround, over the Coolmore, and then steps up to the minery. So, that would be a perfect prep for us. You're not,
1: um, the, but, you're, um, you're, not, you're not the first trainer to say that. Do you think that needs to be looked at for the future of these early nominations? Because, obviously, they're a cost. Every time you nominate your horse, there's a cost involved. And sometimes you're also, especially with these three-year-olds and and younger horses, you're nominating yeah. them on potential, not on form or, you know, um, actually locked in plans. And do we need to look at that?
0: Well, I think there's a few races that have just come up in the last year or so with the nominations. that $10 million races you nominate that week. You know, um, the Golden Slippers were 5000000 million. We're nominating horses that haven't broken in yet. You know, it's, it's, that's my biggest buck, bearing by like the Golden Slipper. Like, we've got young horses we're nominating for, for Golden Slippers that have just been broken in or just been bored. And, you know, like, it just puts extra pressure on the the horse, the trainer, the owners to to aim at these races when they've been nominated for them. Um, Yeah, we know when the races are on. And I reckon we nominate the week of the race. We'll be aiming for races three months in advance. But when you start nominating for races and blowing money, you know, with horses that could be potentially going shins, or it's a little bit hard to take for owners. And, you know, I know that, you know, I think it's, it's very important that, you know, we've got... Horses to race, so that means we need owners, and of course we need punters to, to have the, the prize money. And so, you know, they're as equally as important as each other. But we've got to, I believe, anyway, look after owners a lot better than what we do. And there's a lot of cost involved in owning a racehorse, and um, I don't see, I don't like wastage. So, if we could look at the nomination system, um, I'm sure that um, uh, we could come up with something. But this is sort of an old system in place at the moment that I think needs to be needs to be rejigged and as I say, when you're nominating horses and accepting with horses for Golden Slippers before Christmas, um, there's a lot of wastage there, and um, I think we could look at it. I'd rather pay. I'd rather pay more of an acceptance fee, letting in the Golden Slipper, knowing full well that the horse is good enough and that it's um, it's had a decent enough prep to get there, rather than just like exactly said, nominate, no, I, nominate no, 30, 30 horses and. Two of them get
1: there, or one of them get there, you huh? know. I, I do agree, and I also agree with that because then people would say, "Well, what about punter protection or for punting?" Well, we have pre-noms markets open at the moment, so uh, the, there can still be a market formulated on those certain races. I do agree with you. And look, as an owner myself, and I've been involved with a young horse that was nommed for everything. And and uh, I was with Richard and Will, and and Will sort of sent the voice message around saying, "Listen, just because we've nommed for all these twenty-seven races doesn't mean you've got the next coming of Winks. It's just more <laughs> yeah. so that in case that's there right. is an improvement in ability, uh, well, you know, right. this needs to happen." And, and we would
0: we would have got caught yeah. out with Fiveo, like no way in her pedigree would we have uh, thought she was that's a right. slipper rules, but we had to pay up all the way through with with the hope, you know, and. Um, I so nine times out of ten, you're not going to get there. But I just think there's a better system we could have a place for some of these races. And like I say, the, if the race is in the calendar, and the horse has got a build, it will be aiming at it. Don't worry. So exactly you know, right. I just don't like the wastage. We've got to look after owners a lot better, and and then in turn probably looks after the punters. They're not going to be punting on horses, and no way for getting there.
1: We've got uh, Gary Portelli on the program this morning. Let's talk about NCAP, Of course, comes out of that run behind. Um, a and the Eskimo Prince. He runs third on that occasion. First off, the the run was it was a was a pass mark for you. Oh, big big time! Um, feedback from Jason was interesting, saying that he was
0: that was a slow run. Twelve hundred. The winner sat three deep, no cover, and was able to sprint up the back in thirty three point two. So there was obviously no pressure on early, um, and. My bloke was feeling the pinch, trying to hold his position just in behind them, So he was wanting to settle. And, um, and But we just had to ride him slightly out of his comfort zone to give him any chance of winning the race because we knew that the speed wasn't on and that it was going to be hard to make up ground. So we're out to win every time we step out. And he said he was never travelling. But to his credit, he kept fighting back to get past a couple of the horses that were in front of him with 50 to go and run into the third spot. And Jason's busting the seam over 14 and 1,600. So... Um, we get to see him this weekend. Hopefully we get a drier track. I don't think the capitalists are that good in, in, in the wet. So we're getting some warm days, I think, Thursday and Friday, and Rosal might might dry out a bit. But, yeah, if he draws a soft gate, he's going to be very, very hard to beat, I
1: reckon. All right, that's Flying tra- uh Sorry, that's NCAP. And then Flying Trapeze, who also had nom in the race, which went to Melbourne. Things didn't go to plan down there in that autumn stakes, did it?
0: No, no and uh, um, my complaint didn't make it as good as... To the press as good as Juram uh, Mars. But um, yeah, we're ridden upside down, I, I believe. And um, he ran a huge race, ridden cold at um, the at, Gold, uh, yeah. Gold Coast and flew home. Two more strides, he probably wins. Um, and we drew wide at Caulfield and just pushed the button out of the gates to get across. And, and um, they were running along. They were, they were running 11 of the furlong for the first half of the race, and he was out of his comfort zone. And uh, he didn't finish off, but he's pulled up enormous. He worked brilliantly yesterday morning. And um, he's, in the, he's in the outsider's chance if things go to, to plan, um, he's, he's, he's got more ability than what um, well, I think most people know. I think if you watch that run at uh, the Gold Coast, they don't fluke that sort of stuff. You know, he really hit the line. So, the, so you, you're,
1: you weren't happy with the ride?
0: No, well, I leave the jockeys. Our plan was probably to ride it back, worse than midfield in a small, small field, and but he just jumped, and and I think he might have jumped well, and then he just put the foot down and got excited the leader, and they were they were running too fast, you know, and mm. when a horse has got a, a, a new and the horse's patterns change as they get fit, they they find it hard to to begin as they get into a prep. Sometimes it actually takes a lot more out of them to even be on the slow tempo, and this is what I, I agree with with Kieran the other day is that. When horses are chasers, they've got to come out and go through their gears. But as soon as you put them under pressure at the gates, when they don't want to be, um, it just takes that a few extra carrots out of their finish that they'd have if you rode them quietly. And um, I just believe that he was, it was just up on top of a good solid tempo. Where I think he showed us at the Gold Coast now he wants to be ridden quieter and yeah, um, you know he can come with a run, but you know. I've sort of just have one more throw at the, the stumps for the preparation, I've been up for a fair while, and um, if he was to run well, then obviously there's um, a round with goodness for him coming up as well. But um, if he just raised okay, then I might just freshen up and go to Brisbane with him for the winter.
1: Okay. Uh, so that's the two that are there in the Arrowfield sprint um or that have that have i just got, got that Hobo nom field. For, for, for an arrowfield sprint but they're also got to get yeah. through the hoboville so that means again with early nominations um those two horses so like a flying trapeze we're probably not going to see in an arrowfield down and later in the track it would be win lose or draw see how he goes on Saturday and then maybe look at brisbane that's
0: right I think um so we, we get trapped in a nominating horses a long way out yeah um like we said, yeah. Just in case, factor horse gets a stone bruise, gets a bit of a call, gets a little setback, then your cha- your plan changes. You're not stepping up your distance. You're coming back to twelve hundred. You know these sort of things. But you've got to be you've got to have the plan there. And unfortunately, we're, we're nominating a fair way out. But um,
1: what about um, yeah, exactly? What about this colt, Gary? A full metal jacket. Another capitalist uh, had the trial at Warwick Farm on the twelfth of Feb. I see you got it nom for the Silver Slipper. Um, do you think you'll? You'll have a have a horse that can, can surprise us from what we've the um, trial? Look,
0: I've got no doubt that he's a really good horse, um, but I galloped him on Tuesday morning at the course proper, um, and he's just too green yet to go to that level. He's had one trial, He's got a jump out. Beautiful, big, strong horse that I got from, um, from the Trilogy. Um, they, they own Blue Gum Farm in, in Melbourne, and I think he's got a stack of potential, but he just didn't quite go well enough on Tuesday morning. As far as, like, his greenness, he's changing legs, he's not quite sure about the grass and stuff, so a little bit more work for him. Okay. He might be a nice horse during the carnival for me. He's a beautiful, big, strong horse. He's a lovely horse.
1: OK, so he's he's one that we just wait and see, so we won't see him yeah. on Saturday. And then Kintyre. Yeah. Uh, are you going to accept with Kintyre?
0: Yeah, he'll run on Saturday. Um, he'll go to the, uh, the far lap, I think, next start of a 1500. Um, and um, he's he trialled really well over the day, so... It was disappointing first up last campaign over 1,300 at Newcastle. He was beaten as favourite. Looked like he had the race but just got beaten on the line. Then he came out and won at Rose Hill on a Saturday next start. So he's one of them horses that gets better with the prep. But saying that, he's a lot stronger horse now. Um, and uh, he's mature. He's a half to five burn. And I'm looking forward to a big prep from him. I think he's a nice horse.
1: Darby, his mission?
0: It's there. I'm not sure if he'll stick that the distance out but um certainly be aiming that way
1: okay because he's 51 in the australian derby uh but obviously there's a uh, plenty of water to roll under the bridge and it just well it just sounds like you're going to have some fun with him either way
0: yeah look we're, we're lucky enough this year we have a really good team of three rolls, and you know he's, he's one of them that's i think he's a smoky i think he's got plenty to offer and um just like the way he's come back he's a he's stronger horse
1: before I let you go, mate, um, the horse you got running around at Wyong on Thursday—we're all about trying to find a winner, even though it is, um, well, it's still a race you can win. It's a benchmark 64. We might not be talking about Group Ones, but to uh, to these ownership group, it probably is like winning a Group One—that feeling. Two nice trials. We haven't seen we haven't seen him since what mid last year. Did he have an issue or did you have a problem?
0: Yeah, he hurt his knee at his last win and had yep. to have a long spell. And, um, yeah, he's come back enormous, better than ever. And um, uh, Lon Raki would speak of. um, He's um, he's in a nice race on Thursday. We were hoping to run yesterday, but uh, he does like it wet. uh, Small field, but um, he's a good chance on on Thursday, if we race again, of course, there's more rain forecast.
1: Yeah, there is, there is. So hopefully we can get that rain dodging Wyong on uh, on Thursday and keep an eye on him. Uh, Lon Raki yep. Gate 2, Zach Lloyd. Congratulations again on Saturday, mate. Uh, great you can spend some time as well with your family on Sunday and bring on the weekend, mate. Uh, we get to see these two nice horses going around. Yeah,
0: looking forward to it, mate. great
1: time of year. Champion. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, Gary Portelli at 9.24. Chris Roots is next.